0: this is a message from Life Church Leads. We hope it encourages and helps you. So thankful to be here this morning and so thankful that it is in a baptism Sunday. I love baptism Sundays. I love there's nothing much better on a Sunday to see people going through the waters of baptism. Please, church, do not get used to this. Do not be familiar with this, this is powerful, this is incredible, and uh, i 'm excited for this today. I love moments, but I also like the middle the middle parts of the moments and i 'm continuing on these the theme of forty days and over the next few weeks, as we lean into Easter as we go towards there um, as we journey towards the cross. Um, We're going to talk more on Easter and we're going to talk more on the cross, but today I really wanted to talk on the middle because this is the second Sunday of Lent. So we've started Lent, we've had the beginning, we've had the start, and now we're going through it. Now we're starting to see us go through that journey. And, and I want to talk to us today as people who are on our journey, um, and I want to look at the book of Mark. So if you've got your Bible, please turn with me to the book of Mark chapter eight verse, starting with 27, and uh, we're going to take it from there. So Jesus and his disciples went to the villages around Philippi and on the way he asked them, who do people say that I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. But what about you? Who do you say that I am? You are the Messiah. Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, priests, and teachers, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Brave man Peter rebuking Jesus. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter back. He says, "'Get behind me, Satan.'" You do not have the concerns of God, but human concerns. Then catch this. This is the, the, the middle, this is the heart of the message. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and says, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses it will save it for, um, for my name. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? We see here um, Mark, the book of Mark. If you read the book of Mark, it is a very fast book. Jesus goes from one place to the other. It's instant. It's, he goes, it's like the Red Bull gospel. It's the fast and the furious gospel. He goes from one place to the other, instantly goes from one place. Mark is not holding back. Jesus is doing all these things. And this, what I've just read, is exactly halfway through the book. At the very first chapter, we see Jesus going through the temptation and the 40 days. We see the first seven chapters and we see the incredible moments. Jesus feeding the thousands, the exorcisms, the healings. We're seeing all of that. But then in this moment, we see the the theme change. We see the book's tone and theme change quite drastically because Jesus no longer is taking the disciples on our journey of moments, but he's leading them through the middle. And he's leading them through the place which is called the daily disciple, the daily devotion. And that is where we find ourselves in the middle of the book. And from this moment on, from Mark 9 all the way to Mark 16, we see the disciples going through pretty difficult stuff. After reading and hearing these words, it's challenging. It's difficult to hear those words. And we see the disciples, uh, the first eight chapters, living from moment to moment. And then from there we see the the difference in their attitudes, we see the difference in their spirits because they are living daily and they are talking about living out their cross on a daily basis. We see the disciples struggling, we see them as they doubt and we see that in the day-to-day they are struggling. And I don't know about you but that can relate to me is that I love the moments and I love the moment of salvation. I love the moment of baptism. I love the moment where Jesus will call me home and I can say that I have fought the good fight, I've run the race. But it's the parts between the moments. It's the middle parts. It's the day to day. We see the disciples struggling with it. We see the disciples doubting with it as they head towards the cross. And that is what Lent is all about. The 40 days we head towards this place called Calvary. We head through to the cross. It's not the the pursuit that is the problem, but it's our pursuit because there's nothing wrong with Jesus. There's nothing wrong in who he is and what he did for us. But it's in us, in our pursuit, that we need help with and we need help. Um, grace with. Um, In the last year uh, I've became a dad and it is the best moment, it's the best time. Uh, Caleb's going to be uh, 12 months next weekend and time has flown so so fast in that and you'll probably see next weekend a Facebook post, you'll probably see an Instagram post and I hope that you'll like that Facebook and Instagram post if you follow me. Um, But you'll See that post, but you won't see the sleepless night last night. You won't see the dirty nappy on Thursday. You won't see him stumbling to walk a couple of days ago and him walking because we don't post about the, the mundane. We don't post about the mediocre. We always post about the moment. And I would love to encourage us around not just the moments that define our lives, but really it's the middle part between the moments that define our lives, that get us where we need to go. And as we go through life, uh, and Lent is all about getting through. It's sometimes not about getting to, but it's sometimes about getting through. And I want to encourage you young people, I want to encourage you uh, YA's, I want to encourage the older generation in here that it's okay to feel that you're stuck in the middle. It's okay to feel that you are uh, struggling in the middle because we see the disciples as they struggled to follow, as they struggled to maintain that following. In the Bible, there's a subheading called the Way of the Cross, and it sums it up for me today that this middle part that I'm talking about, the journey that I'm talking about, is called the Way of the Cross. As we are in the middle of Lent, as we've done the first seven days, in a 40-day journey. We know that we've, we've made it this far, but we've still got more to go. And in our lives, yes, hey, we've maybe given our lives to Jesus. We've maybe raised a hand, we prayed a prayer, and we're gradually walking it out. But we'll fall and we'll stumble, just like my son Caleb. He's starting to walk, but sometimes that walk stumbles and falls. I want to encourage you that you're in good company. Um, and I've also, uh, want to encourage you, I've promised the community cafe people that I won't be long. They always say that I'm the preacher that talks the longest. So I've promised them that I'm not going to talk long. So I'm going to be 10 minutes and then we're going to hear some testimonies and we're going to see people get baptized. Is that okay? So the way of the cross is a process, not a place. The way of the cross is a process, not a place. I don't know if you eh, have got a story like mine, but when I got engaged to Jen, eh, we were we staying in Inverness for a few days with family, and then I remember taking her to a castle on an island. I don't know if your story can beat my story, it probably can't, but I took my fiancé to a castle on an island, but from Inverness to that castle on an island, the road was bendy. The road was up and down. It was a B-class road. There was sheep coming into the road. There was lochs in each side of the road. I was shaking. I was nervous. I kept checking my pocket to make sure the ring was still there. But it was a road that was windy and not straight. And sometimes our Christian life is like that. It's windy. It's bendy. It's not always straight. And it's not always A to B. But it's where God is wanting us to be. It's not arriving at a place. It's not a destination. When we see these people getting baptised today, they don't arrive at a destination. They don't get a graduation cap. We don't see people throwing caps in the air. It's the next step of the journey. And we have all got a next step, regardless of where we are or what we've done. We've all got a next step. And it is the lifting up our cross, continually denying ourselves that is the pursuit and sometimes that's the hardest thing when we are pursuing Jesus there are some days that we feel that we're on top of the world but then the other day we can feel like we don't want to get out of bed and i don't know if you can relate to that but god is in that place when we can't get out of bed but god is also in that place when we're on top of the world our feelings do not pers- do not determine our pursuit but God is in the middle of it all. We've been watching a lot of Disney films recently and we'll continue to do that for the next f- couple of years probably. But one of them is my favourite, Finding Nemo. It's about a fish who tries to find his mum and dad. Or, find, or no, it's sorry, I'm totally wrong. The dad tries to find the son. You can tell that I'm not really invested in it. Um, <laughs> but the advice that Nemo is given is just to keep swimming. Just swimming keep swimming. If you're in here today over COVID, over the last few years, you found yourself here and you're close to ringing that bell and giving up, can I encourage you to just keep swimming? Just keep swimming. It's a process and it isn't a place. The disciples up until this point were living moment to moment, but then the book turns and Jesus comes out with this incredible statement, come follow me daily take up your cross and deny yourself. Could you imagine how that must have felt for the disciples who up until this point, it was quite a a good place. They were following Jesus. They were seeing everything that Jesus was doing. And then he says, no, this isn't about me. This is about you. And this is about taking up your cross and denying yourself daily through the doubt, through the fear, through the heart, through the middle, Jesus is calling you and he's calling me to pick up our cross and to daily walk out this thing called our faith, called Christianity. This is a quote from Marvin Meyer and this is what he says, to applaud Jesus for healings, exorcisms and the like is easy but and to follow Jesus through health, wealth and success is also too easy but to follow Jesus to the cross and through the cross is much more difficult because it's a process, it's not a place. And I don't know if you've been in church, you've given your life to Jesus. I've given my life to Jesus when I was a really young boy, I was five. And I can tell you the moment, I can tell you the night, I can tell you the people that were involved in it. But the last 26 years, I've had that road that went here, it went there. And by the grace of God, the next 26 years will be the same. But God is in the middle of it all. In today's culture, it's all about following. We all have social media, or most of us do and it 's all about following. But when Instagram first came out, I was in Australia at the time, and I used to just follow people and it was great because you could see behind the scenes in these people 's hearts and in these people 's lives, like seeing um, footballers and what they get up to and what they do. but now it's became something that we follow to get something from. Every person I follow on Instagram at some level shares stuff about nappies, gym gear, clothes, stuff to get. I don't know if you follow these kind of people, but you're just seeing all these people sharing clothes, sharing nappies. And I'm guilty, I'm one of them. Um, But when we share to get, the whole thing of following is supposed to be about others, but we've made it about ourselves. But in here... We do not follow to get, we do not follow to gain, but we follow to to just receive Jesus. And this is season this seasonal lent, it's not to follow for something, it's not even to follow to something, but it's to follow through. It's to get into the process and it is in the waiting, it's in the middle, it's in that process in time that God does something truly, truly significant. So let us not follow for something. Let us not follow to something, but let us follow through to the cross as we go to the next 33 days that we've got left, as uh, we go through different Sundays, as we go through the different weeks, as you're in the middle of the week, in the middle of the term, you live in the middle of the street, God is still in that place. Amen? The way of the cross, number two, leads to victory, not to defeat. I don't know if you know anyone that's competitive. Hands up if you know someone that's ultra competitive. Yeah. I'll tell you a couple of people in this church is quite competitive. Uh, Jen's quite competitive. James Jarvis is quite competitive. Dave's quite competitive. But one of the most competitive people I've met in this church is a guy called Tyrone. Now, you'll, you'll know Tyrone. You'll know Tyrone is the patient, saint like guy that comes to this church, uh, who listens to you, who prays with you, who just respects you and loves you. And you walk out here thinking, Man, I love Tyrone. What a nice guy he is. And his family are just such a lovely, lovely couple of people. They are, but sometimes. And I've seen it a few times. I've seen Tyrone in a different, different uh, shade. Um, instead of being a lovely brummy, he just turns into a Brummie. Um, the lovely comes out. Uh, a couple of months ago, we were really blessed uh, to have a staff day out. We invited some friends uh, that were available, James Jarvis, Jarvis being one of them. Um, and um, we were go-karting, and it was great fun. And uh, there was a lot of the staff there, and it was really good fun. Uh, and Tyrone was just driving, I think he was in the bus, or he was driving the bus, and he was, like, so friendly, so kind. He was, like, offering mints to people beforehand. And then we got our gear on, got our helmets on, and I don't know what happened to Tyrone, but he disappeared. He, he left. Someone else came in. And this guy would rather you crash than him lose that that's that's the reality he would rather you go off injured he'll rather drive you to the hospital go out of his way drive you to the hospital than actually lose uh, and then it got bad because it was like an infection then Dave started getting super competitive and James Jarvis started getting competitive um, so I just hung at the back with Laura and I just says Laura we're just gonna chill out here okay let these guys do their thing But we live in such a competitive world. We live in such a conflict-driven world where Asda is trying to beat Aldi's prices. We've got so much different things going on. It seems that sports is becoming so competitive. Everything around us, we're seeing in Europe a war of conflict. And inside, internally, there is a conflict to prove our worth. But listen to this quote, Lent is a call to renew a commitment grown dull, perhaps by life more marked by routine than reflection. Victory is always ours when we are a Christian, when we love Jesus. Paul says that in Corinthians, when we are in Christ we are victorious regardless of who we are or who we think you are. But I don't know, I don't want to encourage you with victory today as the world sees victory, because when the world talks of victory, they talk of a trophy, they talk of celebration, they talk of champagne, they talk of photographers, they talk of everything around. At the end, you work hard and you get the trophy. But we are part of the kingdom of God. We are part of an unshakable kingdom that is sometimes upside down. And through the defeat of the cross, we can see a victory of the empty tomb. And sometimes we have to go through the cross to get our victory at the other side of the empty tomb. Jesus went to the cross, ultimate defeat, but he comes out three days later, in ultimate triumph and this is what the Easter message is about as we head towards this place Jesus heading towards Jerusalem head down knowing what was ahead of him but he heads towards the place that he knows will be ultimate defeat but this is the place the middle place today is maybe where you find yourself the world will say that that victory will come in the end but as a disciple of Jesus maybe victory will come in the middle Maybe victory will come not in your timing and not in your way, but victory will come in the middle of the process, in the middle of the storm. Instead of getting the disciples to the other side of the, the, the dry place, the victory came in the boat when they had a realization that Jesus, the Son of God, was in the boat with them. The victory did not come when the furnace stopped. The victory came when the three young men realized that there was another in the fire. Victory does not always come at the end with celebration and with trophies. Sometimes the greatest trophies happen when we're in the middle of the fire and we're in the middle of the storm. When we're in the middle of that health challenge or that addiction just won't break, that's sometimes the place when our biggest victories and our truest victories come. Liverpool won the league a few years ago. Everyone say amen. Uh, That wasn't very good, but that's okay. Liverpool won, which was amazing. Liverpool winning the league after 30 years was amazing, but nobody was there to see it. That was frustrating. They tried really hard to pretty much switch off all the lights in the stadium to make it look really good. There was the team, probably the team's wives, and like seven stewards. There wasn't much people there, And the victory came after so many years, but nobody was there to see it. And we want the victory, and we want everyone around us to see it, but maybe God is calling us to a place where victory will come, but not as we see it, not as you would imagine it. Discipleship has got so much um, definitions, but this is it for me. Discipleship is able to follow in the middle, to be able to follow in the middle because we can all follow when we raise our hand and say, I have decided to follow Jesus, but it's in the walking out, it's in the journey and it's in the process and it's in the the fighting that God is calling us to take up our cross daily, daily and to deny ourselves. Victory might come like the disciples did after the denial, after the doubt. And Jesus, in that moment, personally restores Peter, personally resurrects Thomas. That doubt in heart, that denying spirit, Jesus comes in and victory comes into their heart. The way of the cross, the middle, leads us to a process, not to a place, never a destination. And it will always, always, always lead to great victory never defeat because when you walk to Calvary there is the cross but three days later Jesus walks out of the tomb so triumph and victory comes as we come out of the way of the cross and as the band are coming up on Thursday afternoon we, the first baptismal pool, not the second baptismal pool, but the first baptismal pool we tried very hard to get a a hose from outside into here, but it wasn't long enough. So Paul, Chilton, and Mick Lund, two absolute heroes of this church, devised a plan. They got another hose to connect from the water to the other hose, but it wasn't wasn't strong enough, and it wasn't long enough. So there was a part in the middle, and I don't know where the copper tube is, but there is a part in the middle, and Paul Chilton needs to get honoured here because this is the part uh, that helped us get to where we are at today. This copper tube connected the tap outside to the baptismal pool. Without this copper tube, we wouldn't have had a baptism today. Let's pretend that there wasn't any holes in the pool, okay? We wouldn't have had a baptism today. But because of Paul's thinking and Mick's thinking, they came up with this plan. And this is a perfect picture of our life today because the old connects to the new, but it's through the copper tube. You see, the old couldn't get to the new. It needed a bridge. It needed something, a chasm. It needed somewhere to connect the two. And this is quite patchy. This isn't professional. This is maybe a bit unsafe for all the health and safety people out there. This isn't looking that great. It doesn't look nice. You wouldn't have it in your living room. But this is exactly the place that God wants us to be in. It's not always patch, it's not always looks good. It's it's patchy at times. It's not great, but it'll do. And I just want to encourage you. Maybe you need to get from A to B and you can't get there. Can I encourage you with this that you can get there? That that copper tube is the middle. This copper tube is the middle between salvation and baptism, between baptism and baptism the Holy Spirit, between baptism the Holy Spirit to healing, to transformation, to ultimate resurrection and meeting Jesus. Wherever you're at in the journey from moment to moment, don't underestimate the middle. God is in the middle and God wants to talk to you in the middle. Galatians 2.20, I'm going to put this down before I hurt the band or take the band's eye out. So the band's coming up. Galatians 2.20 says this, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hear this, the cross was Jesus' greatest testimony, but it was the disciples' greatest test. Because they walked out of Calvary in the despair, the darkness, and the doubt. And if that's you, I want to encourage you that you're in good company. If your vision is cloudy, if you're in doubt, if you're in darkness, the disciples were there. Return to your first love, Revelation two fourteen says, 4 says. But the story does not end with a cross. Because three days later, Jesus walked out of the tomb. And the grave was empty. And for you today, you can walk out of your tomb. You can walk out of your dead area. You can walk out of that darkness. You can walk out of that addiction. Because he lives, we have hope for tomorrow. Regardless of where you're at in the journey, if you have started off or you're in the journey or you're over there, I want to encourage you that God is in the middle. God can meet you in the middle. Regardless of where you're at, God can come to where you're at. He's big enough for your doubts. He's big enough for your despair. He loves you so much that he died on a cross to prove that he was in the middle of one thief and another thief. And he says, my love is this much for you.